You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, Archery Unfiltered? Uh, It is the week after Field Nationals. Uh, pretty incredible turnout. Um, I shouldn't even say turnout. It's pretty incredible. If you guys saw the scores that got shot, um, I think we are living in a new age, man. When you see guys like, uh, Bodie Turner and Gaius, Gaius Carter just pretty much lighted on fire. Um, I remember only a few years ago, it was Chris Perkins was the man who was, you know, God level and these two guys, um, Bodie and, uh, Gaius have raised the bar past, you know, have raised the bar even past that. Um, I'm going to get into it a little more, a little later. Um, I got a good friend of mine, Jim coming on. You guys remember Jim from, uh, Vegas. He's my Vegas roommate, longtime buddy, you know, amateur archer on the West coast. Um, me and Jim are going to have some fun tonight. We are going to watch the last World Archery events ever. And um, the reason why I say it's the last World Archery events... Well, first, I'm having Jim on because we're going to keep it light. Me and Jim like to bullshit. And I think I think tonight deserves... After, you know, last couple episodes I did were pretty serious, you know? A lot of, like, hardline information on how to become a better shooter. I think now we can just relax a little bit. We all know what we got to do to get better. Um, again, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm planning on doing some hunting episodes with my buddy Austin Watts, right? We're going to do a small segue into that. Um, but I have a couple episodes lined up. I want to get Mark Rubio on and we're going to talk about, you know, well, one, how do you get good if you can't commit to four hours of practice a day? Um, you guys all know Mark Rubio. He doesn't do the four hours of practice every day. And he set a national record that is still standing, um, specifically in field archery. So it was funny because during this, you know, field nationals, me and uh, Mr. Rubio were texting back and forth. And, you know, we were on pins and needles seeing what was going to happen to Mark's record. My record got beat um, two, or was it last year, by um, uh, Blake Jerome. Uh, So, you know. It is what it is. Mark's record is still standing. I'm very happy about that. Mark's an awesome guy, so I'm always down to see you know good stuff happen to him. But Mark takes a different approach to archery. He is not gonna practice four hours a day. He works a nine to five that isn't in an archery shop. So I'm gonna try to get him on, and we're gonna pick his brain on how what he does to get better. He's very much no bullshit guy, uh, a shoot your bow type dude. I mean that is literally his catchphrase. Um. 
so I think that'll be a, a good one. Um, and then I have one more that I want to do another fun episode with some cool cats and then we'll get into the hunting thing. Okay. Um, you guys may have heard in, in, uh, archery news, right? The big shit right now is that San Lita, uh, is the title sponsor for world archery. Uh, what does that mean? Why is this a big deal? Well, in archery, there, at least in the last couple of years, there has been a rash of Chinese knockoff products. Okay, um, and for a whole series of reasons, that's a problem. Okay, the for the first being is, you know, archery companies they have to pay a tax. I think that goes into conservation, um, but archery products. There's a, there's a tax that goes into, I think it goes into like you know hunting conservation and stuff, um, that these foreign companies don't pay. All right, that's one thing. That kind you know, all right. So what's to stop foreign countries from just making their own shit? Nothing. They could definitely make their own shit, but for some reason, Sanlita, this Chinese company, of course, it's fucking China as always, stealing shit. Um, they're gonna go out and just poach product and. I've seen these products. Okay, so one, there is a release called a Wolf release that you can find on eBay. I think you can find it on Amazon. It's basically the same as my True Ball Rave, and it is their fucking knockoff. It's a pound for pound knockoff. Um, I think it's like thirty bucks. Whereas you know my my rave was like a hundred and well maybe it was like eighty because I bought it in Vegas, but. Ugh, it's it's frustrating, and you see these companies like Sanlita create, um, like just recently they released a bow that it is the Matthews V3, not even a little bit different. It is exactly the Matthews V3, only it looks like it has Bowtech cams on it, and um, I don't know, it's crazy. They they're also you know ripping off the X10. They have their version of an X10 arrow. Um, it's ugly. It's really ugly. Um, we, you know, th- this all kind of gets into this whole thing of like intellectual property, and you know, I share an opinion with uh, Tom Parkinson, which is if you send any blueprints to China, when I say blueprint, I mean like a drawing, like a um, engineering drawing. If you send any engineering drawing to China to have them make something for you, you better believe it; they're going to make it for them also, and then they're going to sell it. And, you know, I've gotten into, like, some small debates with people online where they're like, oh, people don't do that. And they do, okay? I, I work for a company that has done this. Um, I know other companies that do this. It is extremely expensive to have prototypes made in the United States. So it's not outside the, the realm of possibility that an American company sends a drawing to China to have them make a few, you know, a small run of these things. The costs are crazy different. Um, and I believe that is what that V3 ripoff is. Uh, I know Matthews is a made in America, um, is, is a made in America company. So I don't think Matthews is getting risers machined in China, right? Um, but I suspect that Matthews does do something like that perhaps with prototypes having like maybe a couple prototypes made in china or 
maybe they have a couple risers made to offset the cost of manufacturing. They might not. All right. They might not. But I have seen like I've seen weird stuff on Matthews risers that is kind of strange. Like a a good example is um when Darren my buddy Darren stripped my first thirty eight, we saw some really strange impurities in the aluminum. The only time I personally have seen those impurities is when the company I work for switched to a Chinese aluminum vendor and what we saw were aluminum billet that had these weird like just like pockets or they weren't pockets it's hard to describe there were weird raised spots and they look like stains in the aluminum that would not go away if you anodized it you could anodize this piece of metal and it would still stay there and we saw that when Darren Cerakoted this riser, like you could still see these weird impurities in the metal or something in the metal. So that's what I, I suspect that I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to be smirched Matthews because I love Matthews bows. I think the company's awesome, but I have no doubt that they've done some kind of dealings with China and now China has full on ripped them off. Right. And you know, it's not, it's not a good thing to do at all. Um, I mean, no duh. I mean, it's just it's just shitty that these companies go out of their way to engineer something, and then, you know, some Chinese company just rips it off, you know, right down to the fucking dampers. You know what I mean? <laughs> brutal. It's brutal. Um, another thing. Okay, so just you know, it further to support my point, I know that Hoyt is pretty stingy with their drawings and how you know where they get stuff machined um you don't see Hoyt ripoffs that is a Sanlita Hoyt ripoff right but it isn't a pound for pound ripoff it's something where they looked at a Hoyt bow and they were like okay let's make something that looks like that they didn't have the drawings for a Hoyt bow so they can't just plug it into their machine their CNC and you know blah, vomit out a Hoyt bow. They someone had to engineer something, so that that's where you get the weird, uh, you know, their Hoyt wannabe bow. I don't know. It's just, it's just we're getting into this like weird gray area, and um, you, you know, George Technichoff has been very vocal about this, and um, he has not pulled any punches on his social media talking about it, and. Believe it or not, I even have Archery Unfiltered has a exclusive like I I dug really deep to find this for you guys, but I was able to get footage, audio footage of a phone call that George Technoshov had with Sanlita, um, the Sanlita uh, CEO. Check this out. Check this out. Tell me what you guys think. This is flaming dragon. Okay, flaming dragon. Fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there, and I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up! 
that was pretty awesome. I, I think, uh, you know, George was pretty serious when he had that conversation with Sam Lita. I, I hope they, you know, I hope they listen to him and they don't, you know, keep doing the shit. I'm sure they will keep doing the shit they're doing because nothing's stopping China these days. Um, I mean, you can see it with the Huawei phone. Like, I don't know if you guys have followed what's going on in the news, but the Huawei phone is a phone that is built solely on stolen property, like intellectual property. Um, yeah, some of you don't know what the Huawei phone is. Basically, like, China has just stolen all the, the they've cherry-picked all the best parts from every cell phone and crammed it all into a mega, mega cell phone. And then they got Leica to make a, a lens for their camera, so it's just like some super fucking phone. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? You go to China, everyone wants iPhones still. Because <laughs> iPhones are just trendy. It's so dumb. You know what we should do? We should steal the Huawei phone. <laughs> Why don't we do that? <laughs> it's not diff. I mean, it's so easy to just rip shit off. Why don't we just steal the Huawei and call it something like the Freedom Phone? And then who's better than Leica? All right? Who who makes better Swarovski? We get Swarovski to make our lens. How about that shit? So what Sam Lita thinks about that, huh? <laughs> so anyway, I'm about to get my buddy Jim on the phone. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFA Field Nationals. We're going to recap some of that. And then we're going to go over a couple matches. We're just going to check out some matches that went down over the past weekend um, in World Archery Compound Division. I know a lot of people get all, uh, you know, juiced up for recurve probably not my listeners but we're gonna cover some compound matches i think maybe three three or four matches um maybe a recurve match here there really i, I like watching the koreans but uh, this will be it this will be it because because san lita is now the title sponsor for world archery um i'm calling you know i think a lot of people are calling so i'm i'm late on this i'm not the first guy to say this but I'm calling for a boycott on World Archery shit, all right? At least Archery Unfiltered. If you listen to this show, if you support Archery Unfiltered, fuck World Archery, which means fuck the USAD events because the USAD events are all World Archery. Those They're all lead-ups for World Archery, right? Um, So just fuck all that FETA stuff, I guess, you know, until, until they get their shit together, which, you know, it's, who knows if they will or if they won't, but... What does that mean? It means, I mean, I don't think I really covered that shit in the past anyway, but I'll be, uh, we'll just be talking NFAA after this. And I guess ASA, ASA is still pretty cool. It's still pretty American. Not really fucked with. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Easton, I, I'm fairly certain, has been the title sponsor for uh, World Archery for a long time. Um, and then, you know, for them to lose it to San Lita, who is selling a knockoff Easton X10, that's pretty brutal, dude. That's, that's gotta be a cold slap in the face. So, you know, hopefully they get the, their shit worked out. If you guys know anything about reality, it generally works out in a not, not sexy way. So, you know, that'll be that. But anyway, I'm going to get Jim on the phone. We'll get right back to you guys, okay? All right. So here we go. I got my guest, my my guest, my good buddy, Jim. How's it going, Jim? Hey, how's it going? Dude, have you been following the uh, the Field Nationals? 
Yes, and with bated f- breath. With bated breath? Dude, it was fucking awesome, huh? Yeah, they were they were going at it. Yeah, dude. Um I gotta say, dude, I, I truly think not to take anything away from Bodie, alright? I think Bodie's I, I think Bodie's like some kind of either a god or some kind of a weird demon that's been placed on this earth to just really fuck with us. <laughs> I think Gaius uh Carter might be the second best archer in the world. If not the best. I mean I'm I'm gonna say he's he's right there with Bodie, right? But we we can see Bodie's on a god level right now. Would you agree? He definitely is. Um it, from what it looks like not being there, from from what it looks like uh he was just I wouldn't I wouldn't say Gaius or anybody made a mistake, but uh like you said, Bodie was just on another plane, a hundred X's on the first day. Right. Out of a hundred and twelve. I mean, that's, that's just that's insane. Amazing. That's also a new record, right? So didn't I think in the end, when it came right down to it, didn't Bodie end up beating Gaius by like one X or two X's? It was extremely close in the end, right? Uh let's see. I'm looking at it right now. Bodie had a hundred and eighty X. 188 total X's. Uh-huh. Gaius had 80, 185. But, oh, my God. That's so close. Um, let's see. Gaius had one more extra point on the animal round than Bodie did. Damn. And Damn. that was... He, he he closed it up on him, you know. Uh-huh. Definitely, definitely. So we're looking at like a basically two points. In yeah, the end so was the difference. They were two point. There was two point difference, and then two points to Perkins from from him to Gaius. Yeah, actually, Gaius to Perkins, and then uh, Gaius was able to close up within one point. I heard through our our uh, good friend Rudy that um, Dave Cousins would have been up there as well if he had not shot the wrong target. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I'm looking at his score, and he had 187 total X's. Oh, Lord. And 24, um, 24 out of 28 extra points Jesus. for the animal round. So That's incredible. One slight bobble, and... Uh, <laughs> and you're done. Oh, my God. Well, I, I heard it wasn't like... A bobble thing. I, th- I heard he just shot the wrong target, and his group was just like, "You out." Okay, I hadn't heard that. I'm not. Oh, I, th- was it that I he- read? I read a, uh, what I ascertained from his post. I thought he set the site. Oh, wrong. misset a site. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he did. But either way, it, it it's you know didn't come out good. Dude, do you? Do you think we're we're like we're actively seeing like a new level of archery evolve in front of us? You know. Yeah, his name is Bodie Turner. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, look and at and Gaius Carter. Yeah, if Bodie wasn't there, Gaius would still be raising this bar to an unreal level right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also to give some accolades to Chris Perkins and Gaius. Yeah, I got it, dude. I I, I was kind of doing like a little spiel before I called you, and I. I was saying that Perkins, like a year in it, you made it like a year ago or two years ago, Perkins was raising the bar 
to this new level, right? Where it's kind of like, okay, you got to be perfect. And now we're seeing Bodhi and <laughs> Gaius, and it's like, okay, no, what you think is perfect is not perfect. It's actually perfect. <laughs> you have to, right. you have to shoot a clean field round and just about hit all the X's now. Correct, correct. And then you know, truthfully, guy, both guys and Bodie have stormed onto the scene this year. Uh-huh. Christopher Perkins, along with Jesse, you know, Jesse Broadward, Dave Cousins, you know, a, a lot of the top ten guys have been at it. Yeah. For a number of years, you know, uh, they've Christopher's been on the uh, world archery scene, you know, with Team Canada. Yeah, yeah, for a long uh, time. For quite a while, you know, from his junior years into a lot of his... Uh, right. Now, if you listen to Greg Poole, mm-hmm. he would say, uh, what, he probably referenced some fucking rap song or something. He'd be like, don't call it a comeback, but guys has been here for a long time, I think, in, like, the junior classes, you know? And it kind of like Kyle Douglas, right? Like, we sure. see Kyle Douglas pop up on the, you know, win in Vegas, and we're like, holy shit. But he had won Vegas in the junior classes before. So it's kind of like a weird weird thing. We see um, Bodie and Gaius pop up in Lancaster, fuck everything up in Lancaster. Then they go to Vegas, and they fuck everything up in Vegas, you know? (laughs) You know what we should do? We should unleash those guys on the fucking Koreans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, I mean, you'll uh, fuck up some world archery stuff. That's a that's a whole whole nother episode. Maybe in the future, hopefully, we get to have with the possibility of. I think they both are Easton shooters. Compound archery going to be a sport in the Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah. Future. True that. George, I wonder if George Technichov could could threaten um can threaten China. Be like, don't make me bring don't make me bring Bodhi over there. Oh. <laughs> we'll fuck you guys up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bodie will end up in the freaking bathtub missing his spleen or something. <laughs> oh, man. I got to say, dude, I'm going to try that shot IQ. You know, I, I, the thing is, we know people that have done it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like Rubio's done it. Paige has done it. Doug Rosen's done it. Like a lot of Northern California badasses have done it. And they, what I've heard is it's not anything we don't already know. But I have to wonder as to their commitment to the program. You know? Sure, sure. And not to do a commercial for Shot IQ, because I think Bodie is like I don't I think what whatever Bodie's on is not you can't find that in Shot IQ. I think it starts with Shot IQ and then it evolves into whatever Bodie is now. Right. Well, I mean I- the way I see it, Bodie, you know, obviously his father, you know, he's he's had this certain way of thinking, uh-huh. processing, you know, and you know, from birth. So you know, it's true. It's, it's true. He's been shooting for a long time. I've yeah. heard um, a couple of people say that Bodie learned to shoot from George Riles because he was a uh, you know learning center kid or you know whatever George Riles. Sure. A little cluster of kids is a hornet. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, the shooting center. Archery. Uh, is it archery learning center? Extra middle. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I, it's hard to say exactly where he picked this up, you know, because it's a lot of speculation. You know, I think a lot. I think his dad's going to take a lot of credit. I probably not take credit though, because he says Bodie's, you know, running his own ship, basically. I I think so, but you know, but when you have somebody, you know, they're at a, he's at a different level. Like like I feel he's you know he's had a lot of this, you know, unknown to be to him ingrained in him. Uh-huh. So you know, and he's just taken to the next level. Yeah, you know, yeah. and. Plus, he's been shooting it out with Blake Jerome and Henry Bass and, you know, all those animals up there since for years now. It's like yeah. that, that alone can make you an animal if that's the level of competition that you're practicing against all the time. Yeah, his his uh, drive is obviously off the charts. And, uh, you know, being 15 years old, and uh, it's got to help a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. don't have much, uh, much other problems in your head. <laughs> well, you know, Gaius is only like 20-something, like 21 yeah. or 22. That's correct. So maybe Archer's just a young man's game, man. Well, I mean, the, the drive, you know? Yeah, I mean, wanting it. But, dude, who who has less drive than Blake Jerome? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, everybody, dude. Yeah, I would say even P- Bodie and Gaius are probably like, nah. Yeah, you know. Come on, I'm on hour six. <laughs> yeah, dude. You gotta j- catch up. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, it looks like uh, Mark Rubio's record still stands for field nationals, which is like one down. I watched. I looked at the amateur scores, dude. If Wendell from three years ago. Or it's actually four years now. If Wendell from four years ago shot in the amateur class, I would have taken it by one point. Whoa. Yeah. This old bird. Well, this old dog. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not me today, though. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm bragging about. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring up your your favorite of mine. What's that? Quotes. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not apples to apples. You know, what the way the conditions they shot versus the conditions you shot. True. Sounds like they had it pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, the things were better in some respects. That it wasn't downpouring on them like it was on you. Yeah, and uh, the, but the humidity was off the charts. Yeah, when we heard Rudy. humidity was bad when I was there. I we got yeah. it. What was crazy is when I shot it, the mosquitoes were so bad that everyone was wearing thermocells, and I had never seen a thermocell before. Oh li- wow! Because we live in California, right? And it's dry here. And um, oh, well, apparently you know what it is. So maybe I'm saying well, something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just you know you didn't get out of Alameda much. So <laughs> and so everyone was walking around with these things, and I was like, "Well, oh, dude, like, how much are those?" And they're like, "That's like a, I think it was like a hundred bucks." So yeah, I, I don't like, but yeah, I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't afford that." So I guess I'll just stand next to you guys. <laughs> I, I got bit up a fuckload while I was over there by mosquitoes. And you always tend to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think mosquitoes are just like people. They like to get high. So <laughs> when they taste me and they realize what I'm made of, they're like, oh, shit. I'm, I'm like a fucking disco for, for mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, uh, 
what do they call the the sticky the stickiness on the the budded plants there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't get away from you. So like, well, I still got to eat. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, other things in my notes here before we get going. Linda Ochoa is retiring from World Archery. Did you see that? I did. See, you are, for an older guy, and I'm not saying you're old. You're just older than I am. You are way plugged in on the social media. You're, like, you, <laughs> you're sending me shit before I even know what's happening. I'm still wiping the crust out of my eyes, and you're like, look at what this, look, you know, look at look what Gaius Carter posted, you know? <laughs> well, because... That's the way I have my social media, you yeah. know. Yeah, just the good stuff. Facebook is just basically archery. I have basically two family members. Uh huh. <laughs> two family and members, and uh, only one of them posts. You and, know, and NASCAR, right? Does you, I bet you follow some NASCAR? NASCAR. That's uh, Twitter. Oh, okay. I didn't know you're on Twitter. Yeah, well, it's just for NASCAR. Do you know the um? You know, I was thinking about this just for you, and maybe some of our listeners might know. Do you know who the first black NASCAR winner, what his name was? Yeah. What was it? Wendell Scott. Yeah, man. Wendell Scott. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back when I was a waiter, I would hang out with this black girl that I worked with, and she invited me over to watch the BET Awards. Oh, and fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you'd never seen a guy more lost, but I was just like, I love smoking weed, so why not? So I went over there, and her uncles come in, and they're like, uh, her name was Nika, right? And she, they're like, yeah. Like, Nika, who this? And she, who this? <laughs> and she's like, this is Wendell. And they, like, stop. Like, you almost hear the cartoon, go like, Ert! and they go, Wendell? They're like, that's a brother's name. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's German. And they just laughed and, you know, <laughs> left the room. And what's crazy is that was the year Clint Eastwood won the award for Guy with Most Soul. And I got to, like, stand up on the couch and be like, oh, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> Clint Eastwood took it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope that little story doesn't get me canceled. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see what Whoopi thinks about it. Um. Oh Let's moving see. on. Yeah, moving on. So Lindo Cho is quitting World Archery. Do you think this has anything to do with the fact that she's heavily sponsored by Easton, or do you think this is truly just a personal thing? Mm, probably her husband, your close friend, Steve Anderson. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was just a um, both of them deciding like you know if i'm not going to do it i don't want you doing it or mm -hmm. or i'm not going to do it if you're not going to do it you think so yeah yeah maybe cuz she's not she's not retiring from competitive archery just world no, archery no i think she's going to um, just put more more basis onto uh from what i read um just here in the states yeah, NFA type stuff, most likely. NFA, I'm guessing she'll probably do some ASA uh -huh. now. Yeah. Uh, prop up the uh, the known the known class. Yeah. She's done a little bit of that, and so has Steve. And uh, from have, have they done it recently? It's probably I don't know if she's done it recently. Maybe in the last probably. 
pre-COVID, you know, like everything else. Yeah. I know Steve had done it pre-COVID, and uh, he had uh, a lot of good things to say about it. He liked it. What's you know, he, hey, pre-COVID. The known class. That actually leads me into uh, like a little note I read, re- wrote right here. Okay. A, lot, a lot of people don't know that you're a COVID survivor. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, got it in 2020. Are you... Um, did you ever experience any of the brain inflammation that comes with no. COVID? Not that I remember. You sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you that a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Jim, I guess um, I'm going to pause here, and we'll, we'll fire up the uh, the last World Archer event. What do you think? This will be the last one, huh? Fuck world, yeah. Ar- fuck world archery, really. Yeah, we're, um, definitely things are. Yeah, take that communist uh, money. Are not sitting well with us, and hopefully not sitting well with a lot of the archery family. And I know, there. like, it's pretty much the whole art. I mean, you see archery hooligans like going fucking crazy on social media, and you know George Technichov's social media is going crazy. Our buddy Rudy Sandoval posted his little, you know, spiel about it today. True. Um, without a doubt, it's it's uh, it's a big deal. It's being felt all yeah. over the place. It's not even the case of uh, the low hanging fruit, you know, kind of thing. It's uh, you know, it's, it's hitting home, and people are quite upset about it, and and rightly so. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I don't do many USATs. I kind of had it in my mind that the next thing I take a when I get the time to take a, a run at something, I would take a run at the USATs. But now I'm like, eh, fuck all that. Maybe I'll yeah, just, just be an indoor shooter or something. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's a different it's a different animal, you know. And um, we have so many things available to us here. In, the West Coast, California, mostly, you know, we have, you know, we've talked about this before. What do we got? Like eight, eight field ranges within an hour and a half of where we live. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just not, you know, um, a big, big thing. It's a little more. It's, it's kind of easy for us to say, fuck, fuck world archery. Basically yeah. is what you're saying. I think it's easy for a lot of the country to say fuck world archery because, you know, in the south you get a lot of ASA guys, and you know, northeast a lot of field guys, north sure. northwest, you know, those guys do everything. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, world archery also has that elitist, you know, that gritty, faggy elitist feel. You know what I mean? <laughs> it it uh, it is a little different, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't attract a certain uh, group of people. <laughs> Dude, I haven't podcasted in like two weeks, so I'm like, I got all this, all this nasty like bottled up in me that I'm just gonna blah tonight. <laughs> okay. All right, bud. Um, I'm gonna pause it here, and we will queue up our first event, and we'll get commentating. Sound good? Sound good. All right, go for it. All right. So me and Jim. We're on the uh, YouTube Olympic Archery page. Uh, the first match we're going to watch is Ella Gibson versus Daphne Quintero. Compound Women Gold, Medellin 2022 Archer World Cup Stage 4. 
All right. So we're starting zero 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 on the time clock. We're gonna hit play in three, two, one. All right. And we're watching it. Every time okay. I see Medellin, I think about um that uh oh. What's that, Jim? Right into scoring. Yep, right into scoring. Solid ten for Ella. Yeah, Daphne Quintero. Also shooting a 10. Both girls yeah. shooting Hoyts. Invictus. Yep. Uh, Ella's running hers very, like, um, kind of noob conventional style. Ooh, yeah. With the back bar way low, but she didn't shoot like a noob. And Blinder yep. also. Yep. Oh, killed the spider. Daphne, yeah. Daphne. Uh, <laughs> Daphne. Ellie Gibson runs her back bar almost straight down. <laughs> yeah. Beast. She's got a little bit of a... She's not perpendicular to the ground there. She's got Damn. a little... Damn. Both these back. girls are... Yeah. Are beast. So, I had heard... Okay, Ella Gibson versus Sarah Lopez was kind of like a big deal, right? Sure. Because Ella, or Ella Gibson knocked out Sarah Lopez to get to this point. They don't talk about this Daphne Quintero girl, though. Right. And then also Sarah shot a world record to get to that semifinal. Jesus. Did these girls not shoot world records to get there? No. Because it's match play. Oh. So she shot right? like the highest qualifying score. And, I think so. And then got seated a certain way and then these girls bounced her out. Yeah. Yep. These girls are both shooting blades. Look at where their um look at where their scopes are on their housing. I'm sorry, not on their housing, on their site. You can see, um, on their, yeah, all right. See, it's like right below the carbon bar right there. They're both in the almost identical same spot. All right, let's, uh, let's stop at the, after this end for a second. Okay. Uh, oh, you mean like the, just where the their, cable? where their sites are is, is about the same, which leads me to believe they run their, their peep heights a certain way. Like it, their anchor points and everything, I feel like FIDA shooters run their peeps extremely low, right? You know, um, because they're they're not trying to shoot a maximum distance of like a hundred yards, right? Yeah. So I feel like the lower you run your peep sight, the more you can kind of smash your you can get real deep on your anchor, and it creates um some level of consistency, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, she's Ella's running uh, Excel products, mm -hmm. scope and sight. <laughs> Did you see on her? Uh, was San Lita posted a picture of her, and they're like, "Good job." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you think is going to be the first pro to buckle and and uh, start using San Lita products? Oh boy, that'd be tough. What if they got closer? That would be nuts. It is a job. Yeah. How many American weenies would switch over just because Schlosser's running it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they both look like they're running the AAE uh, Freak Show QDs. Yep. Yep. You got one of those. Yeah. You like it? You know what? It's not... Uh, for the most part, it's pretty much right same as the 
The original regular show, except for you know, you could change it out, and you'll have that same. You know, you wouldn't have to change your peep or your D loop or anything. Right. You know, and you move right. it around. But with the way that uh, the bar that holds the blade, you have a lot of it has a lot of movement built into it without changing moving the bar front to back. Dude, um, you notice both girls are running uh, nose buttons too. Yeah. Uh, Daphne's running uh, her her blade in the longest position possible. Uh huh. Elle is uh, doing the opposite. Elle is closer up. He's running it in front of the tech bar. Uh, Ella is. Uh huh. So. You Ella is also shooting with one eye closed. Yeah, with the blinder. Yeah. Maybe she's. I thought if you ran a blinder, you just run both eyes open, and then the blinder does the job of closing one eye for you. Typically. Mm hmm. I know uh, for people way back in the day, uh, Terry Ragsdale's wife, Michelle Ragsdale, would uh, close one eye, uh-huh. but she blink her left eye to, you know, clear up the picture until she was happy with it. Uh, Quintero's failing a little bit here. She's having a little. Yeah, she just, she just opened the door. Yeah. Jesus. That was point. Well, make that four-point lead. Yep. I got to say, Daphne Quintero looks a lot like my ex-girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Everybody. I'm just saying, you know, that's about that's about the talent I used to pull back in the day. Yeah. yeah. We know who... Wendell wants to win now. Yeah. Come on, L. Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> Beat that cheating bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Do you know uh, like both Daphne's running a clarifier and Ella is not? How can you tell Daphne's running a clarifier? Just looks like the type of peep. Mm-hmm. Podium peep. Yeah. It just looks like it has one. Yeah. Damn. Well, there's the match wow. right there. Six points wow. up, Ella Gibson. They Beast started man. off both hot, you know. And... Yep. Yeah, they both started off strong, and they were both really mellow. Did you notice yeah. that? Even when they both dropped their first uh, first point, they were both kind of like, oh, well, you know, still super mellow about it. Right. All right, moving on to the next match. Okay. We got uh, Mike Schlosser versus Jean-Philippe. How would you say that name? We're just going to say Jean-Philippe. That's Bl- not... <laughs> you can, wait, you're going to miss his last Bl- name, though. Blush? Mm, Blush? Try again. Butch? Boucher. Let's try. Okay. Um. All right. We are at zero seconds. Yeah. All right, let's hit play in three, two, one. If you look at uh, Boulcher's, where his site... Okay, so look at Schlosser. His scope is about the same spot as uh, those other girls. True. But look at Boulcher, or whatever his... Jean-Philippe, all right? Watch his scope and how low he's running his shit. Dude, well, I guess... That looks a little lower. That looks like we're my 90. 
or a hundred would be. Yeah, but he could have the whole bar up higher. See, yeah, like Mike's bar uh-huh. attached to the his um, slide is attached more to the middle, mm-hmm. and Jean Philippe's his is you know up a little bit more. Yeah, uh, Mikey's running a nine inch bar on his though. Okay, so it's misleading. Oh, you're saying where the uh, where the site uh, intersects with the uh, your carbon bar itself. Correct. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. I didn't think about that. And then also, I think. Uh, well, you shot with Mike before. He's uh, it's about mine and your size, right? Stature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it looks to from this picture, uh, Jean Philippe is of larger stature. Yeah, he's a big fella. Yeah, by a lot. <laughs> he looks like a foot taller. Yeah, he's a giant. And they're, I think they're limited to 60 pounds, right? Yeah. You know what's trippy is uh, both Mike and, um, who's his buddy? Stefan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Like, w- without being rude, Mike doesn't look like a muscular guy. He looks, um, you know, he looks like he works in a bakery. And well, is, uh, one of his other jobs, he's a professional video game player. Are you serious? I really think I, I am being serious. <laughs> All right. Well, he definitely has that kind of physique. But yeah. The, uh, the bow he's holding is just, like, I, I've gotten to hold his bow, and it's, obscene it's heavy and it's it's cattywampus you know right right well, uh, i mean his it looks like you know grip looks average normal yeah. so to speak yeah his grip looks good you know he's using the finger sling looks better than this fools look at this jean felipe is like gripping that thing like uh yeah. thor's hammer man I was gonna say something else, but yeah, he's definitely gripping it. We're gonna say like a like a wiener. <laughs> I was gonna say got a chokehold on it. It's like, dude, the fucking top half of his uh, PSE is turning red. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, quite a bit of face contact too, Jean Philippe. All, all these fools do. All, all these feeded people do. I mean, he's dug in there. Yeah. I mean, Mikey's really, really... Uh, you think he's... Uh, soft on the let's minimal... Let's Oh, I guess we won't see till the next turnover, huh? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, he's, Jim, would you ever shoot next 10? Would I ever shoot next to him? Yeah. Sure. Look at all that face. Yeah, you're right. It don't matter. Yeah, but then watch Jean Philippe. I'm fairly, like, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, man. dude, he's got <laughs> the, he's got that thing buried up to his his. He's got his main string buried up to his molars. Yeah, I'm fairly certain these guys are running such low. Um, I'm sorry, what's the word? low let off? That uh, it doesn't matter. A little bit of face flab. Sure. And look at all look at how much weight's on these bows on top of it. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit. Like Philippe's running a Oof. fuckload of weight as well. Yeah. 
you know, and now it's a little harder to tell with the tungsten into play. Did you see how poor Schlosser's alignment is? You know how they okay they show him from the back. All right, they'll see him him getting ready to execute a shot from the back. I don't mean to say poor, but by conventional, you know, when they say you know you look down at an archer and they your elbow, your hand, your release, and your arrow should all make like a straight line, right? Sure. Right. If you look at Schlosser from the back, when, and they'll show him start to execute from the back, he shoots what they call like extremely collapsed, where his back elbow is is kind of kicked out to the side. And gotcha. um, it's like, it, you know, who's to say that's bad? It, it, right. Especially when this guy's... You can even see it from the front. See how his elbow's kicked out to the side? Oh, wait. Got a corner, so let me catch up here. All right. Where are you at in the timestamp? Let's see. 514. All right. Let me catch up. So, yeah. It, basically, it's like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. I'm at 514 right now. Okay. Run it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so he's got that right shoulder closer to, you know, instead of behind him, it's, you know, his, his shoulders are closer to parallel than, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, perpendicular than parallel. And I would think, like, most – there's the, there's the shot. You can see it right there. Yeah. Um, you know, most conventional coaches would say, well, you got to get in this – specific you know form yeah if, if you're starting somebody out new yeah you're gonna try to steer them down the good path and like okay mm -hmm. but try damn. to get this lined up here there you know yeah get them you know to a point where then you can start experimenting do you think schlosser shoots a bullet hole through paper most likely i bet you he doesn't Oh, he's using a drop boy. Oh, Boucher? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Arc Systems. It, you can't... I think you can order that, but it's a French-made product, you know? Uh-huh. It is what... Um, What's his face? Who's that guy that Sergio. we like? Sergio. Yeah, Sergio runs one of those. Yeah. Weird. It's a weird arrow rest. It uses a spring that coils all the way around the... Like the, the rotating assembly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's weird. But what's cool is instead of using a blade, it uses the fishing pole. Yeah, it uses those wire. Yeah, I like those. Those are old school. Yeah, it pretty much is. For everybody older out there, you know, the, the target, a main target rest was the what they called the TM Hunter. Was that a Spot Hog product? No. <laughs> I forget it. Okay. Another thing on that arc system uh, drop away, the cable goes. It, it's at the cable that runs down to your, the, like the activation cord that runs down to your down cable, is right. actually split and then connected by a piece of tubing. So that tubing is the damper for to keep it from bouncing back. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting design. I. It, yeah. Too much extra shit is what it looks like to me, but you know. Yeah. Good job, French guys. You guys made something original. That's pretty cool. And Slosser's just got a gang ton of weight on there. I mean, look! Oh, did you see? His? Yeah, you see why he flinched? Oh my god! Oh well, there it goes. Nine to win it, and he shot an eight. 
Holy smokes. Well, I, both we know both Schlosser and um, what's his what's his other buddy had those known known uh, issues with the target panic. Ste- Stefan Hansen. Stefan Hansen. Yeah, I, I wonder if that comes from having such a smooth sight picture. You see his bow moving in the oh oh my god, dude that that flinch is nuts. I know what it's like. <laughs> yep. Look at he's all he's getting all serious now. Yeah. He's like I'm about to fuck this guy up. He's like I'm I'm gonna lose out on money here if I uh, if I don't do what I should do. <laughs> you know what he's doing? He's like, what did Joel Turner tell me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Maybe well maybe somebody's shooting a laser in his eye. He just couldn't see. No, you know what's weird? When he drew back, I could see his bow was kind of was kind of uh, swaying a little bit. Yeah. I think he wasn't getting the picture he wanted. Oh, what a beast. What a there beast. Schlosser puts one in the 10. Yeah. What do you think? Jean-Philippe, you going you gonna to choke? Are you going to rise to the occasion? Tough one to come, come behind sometimes. Nope. He got a little. Oh, oh. that's a nine. I saw him break down just a little bit. Just there. a little bit, huh? Yeah. Just fell, collapsed. Damn, Schlosser's cool. What a beast, man. Guy is definitely one of my faves. It's a shame that, you know, I ain't going to cover these events anymore because they're communist. But um, that's not the only place we really see him. This in Vegas. Yeah. All right, Jim, you, you ready to keep- you, all right, we're going to queue up the gold medal match here. James Letts versus Miguel, uh, no. Miguel Becerra, Compound Man Gold, Medellin, Medellin 2002 Archer World Cup Stage 4. Hit and play. All right, go ahead. Yep. Becerra is a cool name. I agree. Again, Hoyt Shooter. Yeah, Excel Sites. Yep. James Lutz. James Lutz. Running a little more weight than usual. Yeah. Punching one right into the middle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Do you know uh, who Javier Becerra is? Oh, man, that was a good shot. No, who's that? Uh, Some kind of politician. He, oh, basically, who if you register a gun, he's the guy that that signs off on it, or at least it was that way like a year ago when I had to get my guns registered. You're talking about the Attorney General of California. There you go, that guy. Yeah, took me forever. Yeah, it's quite ridiculous. Damn, look at James. Let's just the second he commits Oof. to shooting a, a shot, it's going regardless of. Yeah, you know, he's like thumb is going. I guess that's an, that's one way that you can punch a button and still have a and not get hung up. Is just well, I mean, once your thumb's going, it's going. I can't tell. I can't not pay attention to the wind, but it doesn't look like it's very windy. And I think that's probably one of the reasons James Lutz shoots good because he's such a we'll call it time it command on command shooter. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Damn. That was nice. Yep. Oh, he had the uh, Bet Cruvea follow through there. Yep, nice and clean. 
Yeah. Oh, let's put one right in the middle. Oh, oh, killed the spider. Yep. Fantastic. Man, uh, we didn't. Ooh, oh, oh, Jesus. Ooh. That is game. <sighs> Do you remember? Okay, so for those that are listening, Miguel Becerra just shot a miss. Uh, I mean, he hit the target, but it is a clear zero. Yeah, he's. All right, uh, James Letts followed up with a 10. And I think in a uh, typical American fashion, he's going to stuff this one down this guy's throat. Do yeah. you remember James Letts shooting against uh, Braden Galantine where Letts has some kind of issue where he either shoots a miss or misses the – goes over the shot clock and Braden takes an arrow and just throws it on the ground? Uh, I don't remember that. I remember reading about it and uh, thinking it was a uh, it was a nice uh, gesture. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice gesture. I I think he's just gonna cut this McGill's head off though and send him packing. <laughs> yeah. <it's> not, <laughs> what no, what country no. is this guy from? McGill is that Spain? Mexico. No, he's Mexico. Right on. He kind of looks like a distant relative of yours, dude. Uh, possibly. <laughs> uh, Jim, I, you take my abuse so well, dude. Uh, it's it's what I expect. Uh, I think James would would definitely throw concede an arrow. Uh huh. If it was if he did though, it, he would lose. If, if he was ahead, and that he was going to win outright. You know, there's no reason to do it. But you know, he can't he can't do that right now because he's if he did that, he'd be one point behind right right he has to yeah it makes sense you think mcgill becerra goes back to his club and says i would have beat james had i not i was trending for a gold medal had i not completely missed one i think he probably just burned melts that release down never to be used (laughs) oh man Uh, 79 88 james lutz yeah God damn. I mean, Miguel's just, you know, it's his head is in a he's got the strong mental game. Uh-huh. You know, the pressure's off so to speak, but he's not falling all apart. Right. He's he, he shooting. A, it looks like he's shooting a button. No, I think he's shooting the hands. It's got a flex. He is not taking his thumb off of that off of that uh thumb peg. That's okay. Doesn't mean he's no, I'm just saying that's why I couldn't tell. It's oh. you know, that's one of the things I look for. I I know Bodie keeps his thumb on the peg also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit. You can tell uh, when uh, Let's is go. Oh my god! You see, oh. Let's is just like right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's even he shot a ten and he had to shake it loose after <laughs> shake his head afterwards. <laughs> The blood is running cold. (laughs) Do you remember? Were you there, Jim, when I shot in Fresno with a thumb button and I was going to practice punching the whole day? (laughs) I shot shot the Fresno Safari and I made a conscious effort. I was going to punch all day and I was wearing a Garmin like fitness tracker on my wrist. And at the end of the day, there was like, I can't remember how many targets we shot. I think it was like 24 targets. 
But at the end of the day, there was 24 massive spikes on my heart on my, my heart rate. And it looked like I was going to have a heart attack, dude. <laughs> I, I know what that's like after going through my little episode there. The old punch phase. Oh, gosh. It's horrible. All right. There goes. Oh, man, Lutz is just fucking brutal with that punch. He yeah. punches it right in the middle. Who's to say you can't do that? Oh, you can do it. It's just... I'm loving Becerra's, uh, Becerra's style there. It looks like a really strong, uh, you know, he's pulling really hard to get that release to go. Yeah, but his, his shot, his timing is really on point. Yeah. I mean, I'd say his his group's, his target looks way cleaner than uh, James's. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Well, yeah, because <laughs> there's one less arrow down there. <laughs> It's true, true. <laughs> oh, man, there it is. 38, 138 to 147. James Lutz takes it. Look at that. Goes to give him a hug, and he's like, don't touch me. Yeah. Oh, that was awkward. Yeah, that was awkward. He still rubbed his shoulders afterward. He said, I'm going to touch you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, report me. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think. Safe you want to watch? Um, you want to watch? Um, recurve men's gold. Kim Woo Jin versus Maro Nethpoli. Sure. Yeah, I. I think is this the uh, Brazilian guy, Maro Nespoli? Let me see. I would think so. Right. He's got cool hat. He's got that little hat. Kim Woo Jin, one of Korea's finest. All right, I'm at uh, zero, zero, zero for that. Tell me when you're ready, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. Go. Uh, all right, ready? Three, two, one. We're watching Kim Woo Jin, Mario Nespoli, Recurve Men Gold, Medellin 2022. Let's see here. Funny thing. Okay, I'm about to drop one of my jokes on you, Jim. All right. In America, we have a Nathan's hot dog eating competition. In uh, Korea, uh, just dog eating. They just, yeah. call, they just call it dog eating. <laughs> They're like, what's what's the problem? Mauro <laughs> uh, uh, Nespoli is actually from Italy. This is not the Brazilian guy that we had we were fanboying right. over earlier. Oh, he's got the Fizix, uh stabilizers. He's just got a whole. Uh, yeah, Fivix. That is is, is that a uh, Korean company? I'm not sure. Wow, it's not Chinese, right? I thought it was, uh, I'm going to say it's a European company. Okay. Was, yeah, this guy. I'm wrong. This guy's got it to the nines. Yeah. Do you know the distance these guys are shooting, Jim? I think it's uh, 70 meters, right? Right. It's a little further than what we would be shooting, or what Compound yeah. shoots. 50 meters. Oh, that's a bigger. Is that that's not a bigger ten ring though. One twenty also. It's a bigger target face, but the the ten ring is the same, correct? Uh, no. It is bigger. I think uh, we would be shooting an eighty centimeter, and they're shooting a hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought we shoot fifty centimeter. Or we shoot fifty meters. You're correct. 50. Yeah. I really, okay. I really like uh, Kim Woo Jin. I gotta say, I'm huge. Uh, Korea- What's that, buddy? Tivix is a Korean company. 
Uh, I thought so. Koreans are friends, though. We're we're cool with Koreans. They're not ripping off American products. No, they're uh, they're doing their own thing. <laughs> oh wow! Definitely, the arrow comes out of the bow better for uh, the Italian than yeah. Really clean arrow flight, huh? Yeah. From Morrow. Isn't it crazy? Like, really good arrow flight. It almost looks like someone's throwing a ball. It's just like arcs up and over, right? Yeah. And well, then, I'm talking, you know, the, the, you know, it has to do with their release as much as anything. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'd imagine, you know, if you're shooting with your fingers, it's so much more critical to do it perfect to get that arrow to fly right the consistency is just ugh. but dude i know Sick. compound setups that don't send arrows that clean <laughs> you know well you're shooting a hoy now so you're okay yeah well no i'm just used to seeing that thing fly sideways yeah <laughs> but you know what as we know it could come out of there sideways but as long as it you can get it to hit the same spot it doesn't matter right right you i can, think uh, austin watts is a perfect example of that i was just gonna say all austin watts birthday boy yep birthday boy if i can we'll shoot a four inch left tear and then you know shoot a 920 exactly he'll shoot a 920 and he'll um you know make it to the shoot off at reading yeah i mean the thing is you know not making this up you You've seen the tear you've at that time that it that bow shot. Yes, yeah, it was uh, it was nasty. Yeah, and you were just like <laughs> texting me. You can't. You won't believe this. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. I, I, I. You know, I have my Hoyt now, and it tears a little. Uh, but I, I just, I try to tune that shit out the best I can. Sure, sure. You know, I'll lean the cams over sideways if I have to. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a story for another day. Yeah. We've 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 beaten that horse. Uh, oh yeah. Ten way. <laughs> ten ways already. True. Did you see what uh, Kim Woo Jin was drinking? Uh, he some took kind of water. Yeah, it looked like water, but it could be. Every time I'm in Korea, they always hand me bottles of this stuff called Pakari Sweat. <laughs> and I'm like, it looks like a bottle of water, but it tastes like um, like Sprite syrup. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's way too sweet. But it, is it like a uh, they love Powerade? It. No, no, it's, it, it's just high fructose corn syrup. I think I need to get me some of that. <laughs> they handed it to me. I was like, should I be drinking this, man? I was like, this doesn't look good at all. <laughs> they call it sweat. <laughs> Hold up for a second. Get a stupid commercial. Yep, yep, yep. That's fine. All right. I'm 525, 26. Yep, I'm with you. All right. So who was the, uh, the Brazilian guy that we were fanning over? Do you remember? No, I don't know. Oh, well. Mauro Nespoli is doing great. Yeah, he's got some, you know, they're definitely the uh, 
recurve have the atypical perfect alignment, you know. Uh-huh. Elbow behind the head. Yep. Rotate. Yep. Shoulders down. Yep. I think the form is much more critical for these guys. Well, form, but the when they, they the setup. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Ojin Hyuk. Oh sure, yeah. Mainly because he's a fat, you know, he's a fat Asian guy, and <laughs> I am also. <laughs> so you know, we, I feel like we're kindred spirits there. Okay. Um, and I always confuse him with Kim Woo Jin, so that's why I was all jazzed to watch yeah. this. Well, you know, the archery—it's for everyone. Like Kim Woo Jin, tend to win it. Yeah. He draws back, squints, or no, that his eyes are actually wide open. He yeah. shoots. Ooh. That looks like a nine. I'd say that's a nine, possible ten. Yeah, he's up the judges. Yeah, let's see what these communist judges have to say. It looks like it could be cutting the line, but it, I don't think it was. So he's looking through here. What's he getting? He's like, yeah, that's fucking out. Oh, I can yeah. I can see yellow through that. Yeah. Okay, they're marking it. They're going to pull him. They're going to make him shoot off. Yeah. How crazy. First, uh, Schlosser has to do, you know, get his one arrow shoot off. And now, uh, now Kim Woo Jin and Maurel. <laughs> Drinking. Maybe not. There it goes. I've... Down some Picari sweat. Yeah. Nah, so you really would shoot X10s, huh, Jim? Would I shoot definitely if I if I had your money I'd definitely shoot expense. I have less money than you do. Um that's crazy. <laughs> I just always knew you were, you know, you're such a gold tip loyalist. I thought you would be more closed-minded. No way. <laughs> he said no way. <laughs> I would I would do the X10, but uh, I <laughs> I like to not be in trouble with my wife, you know. <laughs> $400 worth of arrows four times. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Here goes Morrow. One arrow shoot off. Jams it into the 10. About a half inch at 11. Oh, they're going three arrow, not just closest. All right. That's nice. Kim Woojin draws back. Shoots. Oh, Oh, middle, middle. Hey, you know, um, what's interesting is how much face contact that these guys got. And how it's not such a big deal. You know? Oh, yeah. A little tall. Yeah, Mauro Nespoli shoots a nine. Yeah, Mauro, but he's he's pulling straight in. He's not really pulling to the side. Well, look at this guy. He, Kim Woo Jin's pulling right yeah, in the he, side of his got little there. brown face there. Yeah. He's in. That's a ten. Man, that one, one extra end is all he needed to put this dude away. Oh, man, he's got it into his nose, but that's... Oh, yeah, it's folding his... Oh. His fat Italian nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just split off there to the side. Damn, Mauro. That was a good run. Yeah. Kim Woo Jin, eight to win. Piece of cake. Oh, ten. Catches ten. Uh, gives it a little Hyundai pump there, and he's good. <laughs> hey, Hyundai pump. <laughs> it's so racist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sponsor of Team Korea. Uh, uh, we gotta see what uh, what Whoopi thinks about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Korean team is sponsored by Hyundai. Yeah, it's Hyundai Steel. It's actually not the car company. Oh, I know. Yeah, I I know you know. I'm just being a smartass. <laughs> so oh, I've been to South Korea a few times, and oh, yeah. both times I was there, I wanted to go to Hyundai Steel and check out that facility. Yeah. Um, oh, I bet that would be amazing. Yeah, because like the Hyundai Steel is the the facility, like is the archery facility, and um, both times the people I was with was like, you don't want to go there. That's up in the mountains. That's where all the hillbillies are. And I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> I said, I don't want to be hanging around with you guys. That's where all the slaves, I mean, workers go. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's where all the Uyghurs are. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what kind of Uyghurs are we talking? <laughs> White guys in baggy clothes or what? <laughs> so. Well, cool, Jim. That was fun. We got to cover the last. That's those are going to be the last four World Archery um, matches. I think I watch ever. Well, we'll see. Times will. Yeah. They at least you're not saying never, but. Uh, yeah, big maybe. Didn't Brady shoot yeah. this event with like face paint on? He smear a bunch of like. Uh, anti glare. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. It was anti glare. Yeah. Oh. Looked like brake dust. He just smeared all over his face. Mm, okay. But yeah. Uh you know that didn't they say World Archery is now banning uh face paint? Oh, I don't know. On top of it after he after his match, I heard they banned it. Okay, well how about this one? Uh I've heard a little bit about it, but I'm not maybe you know more. Why World Archery won't allow you to shoot a Camouflage compound bow. I don't know why. It's too intimidating for some of the people who shoot the competitions. It's the French. The French probably complained, huh? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> no. I can see French people getting real bent out of shape because of camo. Uh, you know, being an American, it's kind of hard to like really that bothers you to see a that makes you stress out to see a compound <laughs> colored compound bow. Yeah. Well, you know, just different levels of fear. You know, rattlesnakes are American. I mean, okay. North America, yeah. South America, American animals. They don't have rattlesnakes in France. Assuming right. assuming the French are the ones that complain. At least I would. I would assume. Well, uh, well, we we won't have to worry about this. Oh, dude, you know what we didn't do? Um, we didn't check anybody for high draw. Oh, okay. Let's go back to. I got James Letts and Miguel Becerra uh, queued up again. Let's just take a couple okay. peeks here. Um. Well, let's go to uh, let's let's go to James Letts and Jean Philippe. Okay. Watch fresh. All right. Let me see let's here. See. Let me, I'm going to pause this real quick so I can find it. All right, here we go. We've got Lutz versus Jean-Philippe Boucher. Compound men's semifinal, Medellin 2002. We're just going to do a quick, uh, you know, yeah. we know how this pans out. I just want to see if these guys do high draw. Because uh, seeing pictures from the, uh, f- you know, field nationals, NFA field nationals, look like a lot of high draw going on. Yep, there's a high draw. Jean, okay, Jean-Philippe Boucher starts it off with a high draw. Okay, 
hold on, I didn't see that. But where where are you? I'm 34 seconds in. All right. Uh, let's. I've got let's drawn back now. I'm at 40. Yeah. Right, so at, let's I'm, let's gives us a high draw. So I'm at 49 seconds. Where are you at? Okay. Uh, I'm at 45. I'm right behind you. Okay. So you just all let's shoot again. Yeah. I'm starting. Yeah. Let's. So uh, the the technical definition of high draw now is if your hand goes above your your eyes, basically. Your your bow hand. Yeah, regardless of when you're drawing the bow back, which is yeah. like the big to me is the the decider as to whether or not you're high drawing is if you're actually drawing the bow back. Like they, yeah. it even says in the title, high draw. So it would be your pull, you know, drawing, drawing back. So I don't know if you saw it uh, that second zero in the very beginning. Uh, Jean Philippe started it off with a pretty nasty high draw. We'll see right here. They're about to start it again, right, Jim? You watching that? Yeah. All right, homeboy knocks an arrow, left-handed, so we get to see this clearly, and that's a high draw. All right, rest right up to his, right up to his eyes, right about the hat brim. Sets his well, sets his shoulder, comes down into a draw, which I think is perfectly fine. There's another high draw from Lutz. So it was supposed to, the bow hand over your over your head. Mm -hmm. No, I, I want to see Jean Philippe. He's doing good. It's right on his face. No, it, it's a, it's about eyeball hat brim level. Yeah, I think that's legal. I think they would call that a high draw. I think recurve archers would call that a high draw. No. Oh man, Jean Philippe Boucher does that crazy flinch and shoots a four, and then he flips around all surprised, like what? It's a four? It's like, did you see that? Oh, yeah. He he uh, he collapsed. Yeah, and then he flipped around all surprised, like, are you kidding me? He's like, that wasn't a ten. And his coach said, you know what you did. Come on. <laughs> Look at him all acting all like, that's not like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Jim's last fucking punch one right in the middle. Dude, I want to learn how to shoot like that. Do you know they interviewed James Lutz and they said, how do you learn to shoot like that? And he said, um, Joel Turner. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Match at the start of the freaking <laughs> get that release out of your hand. Like, <laughs> let go. Oh All man! Right. All right, Jim. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for going over the uh, those matches with me. That was a lot of fun. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the the timing they have to keep is really. They were very consistent the whole time. You know, never never getting to the end. But, yeah. Uh, that's one thing I would like to watch Bodie uh, shoot and see what his shot time, see how consistent his shot timing yeah. is, you know? And that's um, one thing that we, uh, we're lacking, you know, which is, is super difficult to do in a field nationals kind of uh, setting to get some kind of uh, coverage. Right, right. I think competition archery media did, but I think it was mainly photos. You know, I don't think they did very many videos, but it'll be interesting to see if anything pops up in the next week or so. Yeah. But yeah. I think 
if we wanted to study someone like Bodie, like I would watch the Lancaster classic and start watching his shot timing on that, you know? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. You know, I mean, uh, you know, we, we watched, um, or even Vegas. Yeah, we watched him in Vegas and he did let down that once, you know, Mm -hmm. but he, I mean, was just dead on. He's like, and in the interview, he's like, just kept rotating, you know, keep that release moving. Yep, keep, keep the release moving. That seemed to be his mantra. Yeah, and he was like, you know, the pin was floating more than I wanted to, but I just kept the release moving. And <laughs> Dude, I have this, Maybe. I have this question. <laughs> Ask Jim what he thinks. Do you think you could beat the USADA P test if you bust a nut in the cup? <laughs> <laughs> The guy's like, you just have to pee. You're like, give me a second. Give me a second. Uh -uh." (laughs) (laughs) Was that? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow I could do that. (laughs) Bust the nut in the cup or pass the test? (laughs) Pass the test. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I was going to say, it's really like you got to hit it on a a schedule, huh? Yeah. You sure you're not hitting any brain inflammation from that COVID? (laughs) None. All right. All right. None. None more than I already had, probably. Yeah, dude. There's one joke that I wanted to tell you that I didn't get to fit in, and it was that I actually got a prescription for beta blockers. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, doctor says I hang out with too many beta males, so I got. Oh. I got. <laughs> I got to block. I got to keep that shit at a distance. <laughs> I'm clapping. <laughs> you like that one? That was good. Oh man, I had a whole list of jokes written. I, um, you know how I always call Rudy my um, what's her name? Rudy's like my press ser- secretary because whenever I get in hot trouble for saying shit, Rudy comes to my rescue and says, "Well, everyone, you know, Wendell didn't really mean it like that. He meant blah blah blah." Yeah. Uh, what's her name? You know that redhead. Well, I was gonna say Jim. You're really much more of my Mike. You're more like my Mike Pence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, at least I'm not Biden. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, uh. Well, it's funny because people ask me, they're like, "Are you? Does that make you Donald Trump?" And I'm like, "Nah, I'm more like that Buffalo shaman guy." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's what I—that's where I uh, what I can contribute to archery. That's uh, homework for someone out there with the good photoshopping skills. No, no one's gonna do that. Not enough. What I think, the, yeah, Buffalo shaman guy. The people that listen to my show do not know how to use Photoshop. Oh, we're gonna have a contest is up people yeah if someone can photoshop a good what wendell uh, is a buffalo shaman i'll give you my last hat i have one yeah, that, I, I have one hat left me and wendell be the judges <laughs> cool man well thanks we'll jim thanks for the, as it goes along yeah thanks yeah. for uh coming on uh, and keeping the show going man yeah it's so crazy when I started talking about like letting off and like not doing the show so much. A bunch of people are like, "No, no, no! Come on, let's do the show. Let's keep the show going." Yeah. So. Well, I, I um, we talked about it a little bit, and I was just like, you know, it's end of the season. You're hunting. You know, take a little break. Just tell everybody, you know, hey, I'm hunting. Yeah. You, you know, I'm going to take some time. The podcasts are going to come a little slower, and I think I also get a little depressed because. The tournaments are further out now. We don't sure. we don't have anything to look forward to right away. And the things well, that the the issues that pop up, you know, regularly, you know, that we cycle through throughout mm-hmm. the every year, uh-huh. 
they're you know we don't have the competitions coming up and you know and, and so this certain issues are not coming up and yeah and like i don't know the next event is the bc shoot which is a great are you going to shoot that are you no. still, you're healing up you're you're healing no. you're rehabbing i actually had a a little setback so i'm not going to be shooting it well i'm not going to be shooting it either but that is a good event but i think a lot of people aren't going to shoot it so that's a bummer yeah yeah but the next event we have after that is the state 900 right definitely yeah san francisco arches is a good one i think uh the only thing holding that back is you know when it's held and a lot of people are out hunting and yes. i think that there could be some really high scores out there because of uh yeah that's i i feel it's you know pretty good field obviously it's my home course but the the wind and the sun yeah it seems to play out pretty well yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I think um, over at Pacifica, SF Archers, that's where uh, I've always shot the nine hundred, and I've always enjoyed it. Uh, but man, it's like a lot of people are going to be hunting this year. The same thing with the BC shoot. People are going to be bow hunting or you know just deer hunting during the yeah. BC shoot. So it's a bummer. But uh, picked up on um, how many people are signed up for the team shoot, but I do know that. Uh, there is a long waiting list. Really? For the BC shoot. Yeah, they filled up uh, two weeks ago. Five, they've hit 500 archers. So This will be exciting. Yeah. You know? I know of a couple killers that will be there. So it's not going to be a cakewalk for anyone. But, you know, it, it's definitely going to be lighter than I think yeah. the Outlaws was. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a good course, you know, and... Uh, I think some people are not used to shooting in uh, hoodies and with pants on all weekend because it is cool out there. Yeah. This time of year. Yeah. I like um, that course is very technical as well. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got everything, you know. Um, everything from the 80-yard shot over the pond, or 80-yard shot over the pond has, like, slight left to right wind. You guys got a super steep uphill, what, like 35-yard uphill shot? Um, yeah. A handful of really steep uphill, 30-yard uphill shots. Yeah, they, they got the pterodactyl on the, the back half of the red range. It's yep. Downhill off-camber shot also. Yep. Damn, I'm uh, going to miss this event. Yeah. Damn. My, my parents told me, like, if you really wanted to, we'll babysit Laney and you can go shoot it. But I just like, man... I don't want to be that dad. Not yeah. this year. Maybe next year. <laughs> well, I, you, uh, I think you need to save up your uh, your free passes there for your uh, that tag you got for later in the year. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I drew the late season uh, late season deer tag for anyone who's anyone who's curious. That's why I'm kind of dipping my toes into hunting. Like I've been hunting for three years, but this year I'm getting really serious about it and. Like the way I'm doing that is I'm only shooting broadheads out of my hunting bow, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm legitimately practicing shooting uh, block target. So what I did differently last year is I shot a lot of field field points out of my hunting bow, and then the things that I I couldn't quite fix like arrow flight, where I couldn't get the the broadheads to hit with the field points, I just was just kind of like fuck it, you know, I'll just wing it, and it ended up costing me. You know, I, I missed a deer at. It was like a 90-yard 90, 90 shot on a deer that I missed. 
Mm, yeah. Okay. I mean, it could have been me also. It definitely could have been me because, you know, yeah. bug fever or whatever. But um, this year, I am shooting a lot of broadheads. Yeah, I've seen uh, your, uh, what is it, what are you doing, TikTok videos? I don't do TikTok. I'm, oh. That's, a, again, the, the Chinese. Oh, that's right. That's how they spy on us. They got all the information on that. But uh, your Instagram. Yeah. That's good old on- good old American Instagram. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I actually got a pretty cool arrow combo. I was gonna discuss it with Austin, but I'll tell you guys. Um. I got left bevel, uh, two blade broadhead, a kudu, uh, on a gold tip quantum from West Coast, and uh, F flex fletch. Uh, I call them FFP three sixty veins. Sure. Hard left helical, and that's everything. The left bevel is gonna bias the arrow. To spin left, the strings that are twisted, the stock twist on a, a Hoyt string is going to bias the arrow to go left, and then the FFP's hard helical left, that arrow comes out spinning and corrects right away and immediately. It, yeah, and it it creates. You know, we we're talking about the arrow flight from the Koreans, um, or not the Koreans, uh, um, Maro's uh, arrows, right? The arrow flight looks like a like you're throwing a ball. Um, these arrows have that with the broadhead, just arc, perfect arc right over to the block target. So, yeah, that's uh, something to be said, right? I mean, uh, it's a, a good feeling to yeah to see those group like that and, and get your confidence up. You yeah, know? and it, the arrows hit on the sight mark. Like I have um a landslide sight. Okay. And, and I have a uh, metal tape on there. I wasn't going to use it. I was just going to make my own sight tape. I'm kind of against pre-made tapes. But um, I actually put a metal tape on there, and everything lines up out to 100 yards. Fantastic. So I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is going to be a new uh, this will be a new thing for me this year. So we're going to try it. That's, uh, well, that gives you another avenue of... Um tuning right just overall just more more pages in your book of knowledge there for when you yeah whatever part of art doing do you know what i've learned a lot of at least what i think i've learned is that veins can correct uh weird paper tear like in flight right so in flight you you know say you get a slight left tear so the the ass end of your arrow is kicking out left when it comes out those veins are going to correct. It's it's about how fast you want that arrow to correct. Because I've shot AAE veins or FFP 187s, right? And you mm-hmm. can see that arrow kind of ass kick out about 30 feet out in front of you and then, cor- you know, straighten out and then go into the target, you know? Do like a sure. weird fishtail maybe and go out in there. With these 360 FFPs on, on a... I mean, I'm shooting a 340 spine arrow. You know, that's easily an arrow that's too stiff for me. That arrow is correcting, I'm going to say, like, seven or eight feet out fr- out in front of this, this bow. Well, I, mean, I think that's inherent of a, of, a, of a stiff arrow also. Yeah, that could be as well. I, I think you are... No, no, nothing wrong with that, you know? I mean, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is uh, your downrange groups and... and uh, how much forgiveness you it it gives you? Right. I'm curious though as to build. Now I'm thinking about building a um a stiffer field arrow, or you know for next year's safari arrow. 
mm-hmm. a stiffer arrow with just slightly larger veins, depending on what kind of paper tear I'm getting. For for uh, Vegas? For, out, for for Outlaws. For Vegas right now, I've actually already started setting up for Vegas. It's just, I'm just doing you know, the triple X, same 150 green points. Um, I'm running AAE four inch veins on, on these today. Okay. We'll see how long those last before I rip them off and put a different vein on. Cause I go, I go nuts with indoor and veins. True. Yeah. You tried a lot of combinations, but you had some that, um, worked quite well at, at different times. Yeah. But Bodie one with AAE four inch veins. So I'm I'm pretty much modeling everything off of Bodhi right now. <laughs> it's it's hard to uh, disagree with that. You know? I think Bodhi even shoots a hundred grain points on his twenty sevens. That that part I just can't get through my head. But if he's if shooting an O eight blade, I think it makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Douglas shoots a one fifty grain point, right? Yeah, something like that. Maybe, maybe up to two hundred, somewhere in between there. I thought he was real, really low point weight. Also, he could be. He could be. Um. So that's what I'm trying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get started on indoor soon. You know, I got, I got some arrows fletched up. Uh, I got the bow set up. I just gotta wake up early enough and start hammering. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're gonna have to put that off a little bit until you get that uh, late season hunt done. <laughs> I'm uh, uh, no, no, no. This can really be done concurrently. Pulling. Nah, well, look. The only way I can really practice for hunting is if I go sneak onto the golf course and see if I can tackle a deer. It's <laughs> the only way. Otherwise, it's you know, it's well, you know, you can get ready for the. Uh, West Coast Archer Shop Pack Hunt. Mm-mm. That could help you. Nope, too old, too fat. No. Nope, not going to do that. I would, if any listeners out there have a rubber dough head that I can put on my head for late season, I would definitely wear that. Have you seen those, Jim? I think late season's going to be during the rut, so. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt if a buck comes up and tries to fuck me while I'm at full <laughs> I was full draw <laughs> I mean, on a serious note i was going to ask you we we're going to talk a little bit off uh off air about uh maybe a rattling bag oh dude no a lot of that shit just applies to whitetails man no it doesn't you telling me blacktails will respond to you rattling antlers around 100 percent. really yes it's just during the rut yeah, it's okay. just most most of the time, except for lucky people like yourself, everybody doesn't hunt anywhere close to the rut, so they never see it. Interesting. Well, so but, I've heard moon phases well, don't apply to the blacktail in A zone because they get bumped so so frequently that their patterns are all fucked up anyway. I agree. Yeah, but I've also heard some very prominent hunters do track the moon phases hunters that i respect it, it is it is uh something you have to keep try to keep in mind that's the only thing man it, hunting is so difficult because it gets into this weird pseudoscience fucking uh, 
what they call superstitious like thing where target archery is like it's all science. It's like do this, yeah. this happens. Do this, that happens. But with hunting, it's like uh, don't wear the color white because deers can see uh, you know ultraviolet. You know, don't wear you know, don't wash your clothes with uh, detergent because they can smell you. You know what I mean? It's just it gets. Uh, in- that- Part is that part's real. That's science. Well, yeah, I I I believe that, but <laughs> th- there's yeah. other stuff too. It, Buck Hayron told me that if you don't cover your face, they'll see you because your skin comes out looking blue. Mm, the blue part, I don't know, but the, definitely there's a uh, the contrast. You know, it's uh-huh. just like even on my like, brown my brown skin. Yeah. I think if I just took my shirt off, I'd look like a mountain lion. The brown skin and your uh, mirror gold shade shaded sunglasses. <laughs> well, Jim, I think you're breaking up. I think I'm losing you here. Or <laughs> 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 right, I think you just, uh, you know, the brain inflammation's getting you still. Okay, thank you. Anyway, you got any uh, anything you want to shout out, Jim, on this podcast? No, I just uh, hope everybody's doing good. Keep it up. Um, um, I'll pop into the BC, you know, probably when you're there. Cool. Make a little difference. But, uh, yeah, that'll be awesome. I, I think I'm actually going to be hunting during the BC shoot. I'm going to uh, pop in during the work party that you guys are all doing. No, I won't be there. Yes, you will. You're a club member. No, I'll be. Uh, I'll be trying to play fisherman out there somewhere <laughs> well, all right um oh yeah that just turned you off right there yeah you know, big Dave, time Dave, first because it's quite a fisherman i don't give a fuck you don't give yeah. like shit what really your cousins good. likes to do yeah i heard amber heard likes fishing too big <laughs> fucking deal <laughs> so anyway uh, is that what they call it now huh if you guys want to follow jim He's on Facebook under Jim Padilla. You guys can add him, ask him questions. He's under uh, Instagram. It's like, what is your Instagram handle? Bull. I'm not telling you. The bull. (laughs) 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 Um, Let's see. To close out, uh, Jim, you like Seagram's, right? I have been known to. uh, I want you to try something. Take a taste. I, I had this idea for a drink. Take a Seagram's and drop an Altoid in it. It's a cocktail. Give it to Joy. Tell her it's called a Cosby. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. And that was my last joke for the night. All right. Wacky. <laughs> wacka wacka. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a way to get yourself with uh, litigation on your ass. Not if you give it to your wife. No, it just sounds horrible. Yeah. Well, I have so many more like terrible jokes that I just didn't. I didn't. I, pe- I didn't pepper the, on you. The, the one before that with the uh, what was it? They were laugh so hard I can't even remember now. Um, What's that? Oh, the beta. Oh, the the beta, beta. male joke. Yeah, my beta yeah. blocker joke. Yeah. That's a good one. I was gonna um, <laughs> I wrote this whole joke about you retiring out of state. So a lot of people don't know your personal business. I'll just air it out here that you're going to flee California at some point. And I was going to say, if you started an OnlyFans, 
um, you could probably retire in California if you just get used to putting stuff up your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> and I expected you to be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm and then my response is to be like, I've seen you eyeing stuff in my house. I know <laughs> I know I know what you're thinking. You might as well get paid for it, dude. <laughs> Man. There you have it. Long-term drug use. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a... Oh, man, long-term drug use is just causes you to write a bunch of dumbass jokes <laughs> and then not execute them properly. <laughs> Timing's everything. Um, Dude, uh, Blake Jerome was talking about... Um, He's, like, way into Tiger Woods and... Uh, who's that? That ten, often, The tennis... Tennis uh, come up often. What's that? The golf and the tennis analogies come up often with Blake. Yes. Um, and not to bite off his style, but I just watched a documentary called 42 to 1. And it's the story of Buster Douglas and okay. how he you know, beat the shit out of Mike Tyson. And he was a 42 to 1 underdog. So if you put $1,000 down, you would have won $42,000 basically. Yeah. Um, but it's so crazy because it is almost opposite of the, um, Tiger Woods thing where, you know, Buster Douglas is not, he was not doing the uh, all in, I'm going to be the champ. I'm going to win this shit. He's just kind of floating along until he gets a chance. What's that? He's collecting paychecks. Yeah. He's just collecting paychecks until he gets a chance to fight Mike Tyson and then he turns it up a little bit and his mother dies and, you know, he you know, fi- fires his coach and all this weird stuff happens. And it's a, it's a great documentary. If you guys want to check it out, it's on YouTube. It's free. It's only like 20 minutes long. But it's pretty interesting because it's kind of like right. it, it's starting to lend itself towards the whole like what I'm starting to lean towards is I don't think not, not to put Blake down. I don't think four hours a day is necessary. Of practice, I do think practice at the right time with intention is necessary. Right, right and it right. seems like that's what Buster Douglas did. You know, it was a perfect storm because Tyson also had his own problems. Um, yeah. I mean, he was he was coming, he was on an upswing, and definitely, I feel Tyson was on a downswing for, uh, you know, whatever you can make up your own reasons why but uh right. Robin um yeah so it things happen you know i mean yeah and i i think it in my mind it, it's I, I relate everything to archery so it's kind of like right. <clears throat> i think um a lot of people at least a lot of archery and filtered people were kind of like man i don't know if you know i can't practice four hours a day i'm not gonna what's the point you know i don't think you need to do that i think I think you need to practice smart. You do need to practice, you know, and I think it's achievable. And yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I can get Mark uh, Rubio on here to, you know, expand more on that. Cause so uh, you, what do they call that? Periodization training? Yeah, yeah periodization. That is, uh, I'd like to hear some, a few more people talk about that. And uh, I did a whole episode about it. Olympic style periodization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, way back in the day. Um, not all of it sinks in 
for me the first time, so I need to hear it from a couple different angles before. Yeah, I, I think it helps hearing it from a different voice too. Yeah, you know, you know, as far as that, you know, like Buster Douglas he said he was on an upswing. He changed some things around. So recently, I like watching track and field. Uh huh. There's this one uh, woman who's the world champion, world record holder. Uh-huh. She actually won the Olympics last year, set a world record, came home. Fired her coach, moved across the country to you know where that coach was, got married, and uh, this year she set the world record again at the U.S. Nationals. Came to the World Championships, which were in Oregon, reset the world record again Jeez. during the, and then. The final, she came and basically cut a half a second off in the finals race from her last world record, you know, which was like three days before. Right. You know, it's just like. Damn, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I can only imagine the amount of work that goes into doing that. Just That's uh, probably some, you know, Blake Jerome four hours a day type stuff. Well, I mean, I, I think that periodization and, and like like you're uh, alluding to practicing the the correct type of practice at the correct time. Yes, you know, and not you know, it, but for her, it it definitely works. For someone else, they need a different program. Yeah, I, I would agree. I you know, I should be careful to to preach stuff until I can actually prove it. You know what I mean? Because. I mean, uh, Blake's doing the four hours a day, and he's he's pretty much on top. Yeah, there's no saying that his way is wrong. So no, I'm gonna do some practice. We'll see. You know, we'll see. Well, I mean, like it's just if you or I in our, you know, we'll just say your situation to get four hours of practice a day. Would you have to get up at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, about that about that time. You know? <laughs> um it's doable. It's doable. I, I get up at four. But I mean what and you could do it and I'm sure you would do it if uh if you had a chance. Uh-huh. But it's it's the practicality of it is not, you know, I mean yeah, you would you would be doing it, but would it be would you be seeing benefits from it? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's also a fine line to be uh, about being yeah. happy and shooting good also. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a different situation with, you know, Blake's situation, him being a shop owner. He can go to, go to the shop, start early, you know, after the shop get done, you know, uh, like he says, he goes home to the family. and Right. I think he also has the full support, full support of his wife, too. Yes. Who's yes. like get out there and and go I mean, the be wife it. is a, a big plus. I I can attend to. I you know my wife uh, did shoot back in the day. You know right. her parents, state champion, parents, state champion at one time, right? Yeah, she was state champion, so she knows definitely what goes into it. So uh, that that was you know yeah it helped. But but uh, raising a family, as I know, and as you're doing, takes precedence. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely planning, uh, you know, to hit the circuit again at some point. But yeah, 
just going to be you're, it's going to take some time you're young even though you call yourself old you're very young and you still have plenty of time yeah i'm with you old guys you know it was funny i was talking to mark about it and uh mm-hmm. you know i was saying hey man like next year we should we should do field nationals and go you know shake Bodie and Gaius's cages a little bit you know yeah, and Mark goes. Uh, you can. I'm in the old guy class now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the senior class is is definitely packed in our area. And, uh, it is packed with killers, however. On the national scene, Paul Penrod, I, Paul Penrod, and uh, Tim Audis are are two beasts. Yeah, I think Mark's gonna. You know, he's gonna have to lube up before he goes into battle with those guys. Oh sure. So. Well, buddy, thanks for okay. uh, thanks for lending me your voice tonight. That was uh, that was fun. No problem. I loved. Uh, it was a good time. We can get off on these little tangents and uh, hopefully open some people's eyes to uh, some new avenues to yeah. help them. I think the listeners like you, so I'll have you back on. We'll do more bullshitting. We'll do some. I'll, okay. do, I'll try to limit the solo bullshitting episodes. We'll do. We'll do team bullshitting. Well, that'll you know that that'll keep your. Uh, drive up yeah well i noticed doing it every other week i i there's a lot of stuff that i want to talk about come sure. podcasting time i mean look at we had the san lita thing happen we had field nationals happen um you know window show retiring is another thing i guess that ties into san lita but mm-hmm. you know it, it's just two weeks go by and then my brain gets full of stuff to talk about so yeah yeah like you know, like like I was trying to say, it's just uh, when you're not acti- actively shooting every day and um, for competition, and and as other people, you know, as we all start getting ready for Vegas or indoor or whatever, you know, uh, Lancaster, uh-huh. you know, the the questions and the issues don't pop up as frequently. Right, right. That's true. I. Damn, I did have a listener question. Let me see if I can. Oh yeah, I uh, let's see. The last listener question I had was like, <laughs> I think it was, where do you buy uh, Biter Knox? <laughs> 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 That'd be West Coast Archery, sir. <laughs> yeah. No, and then uh, those Biter Knox you think are a great deal, where you get a hundred of them for twenty dollars. Those aren't Biter Knox. A hundred of them for twenty dollars. Yeah. Where do you get those? They're not biter knocks, so don't worry about it. Are they San Lita knocks? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll start compiling some uh, questions. I had a couple questions, but they weren't anything. Uh, they weren't anything special. All right, bud. Thanks. And we're for- back. Technical difficulties. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming on tonight, Jim. Thanks for watching the very last World Archer events. We'll see. Uh, no problem. We'll see what uh, what comes down the line. What we can comment on next. Yeah. All right, bud. All right, man. Good All right, dude. You. You know, we'll talk about getting ready, uh, prep for nine hundred. Yeah. In the we can do that. Maybe you can help me cover the BC shoot after BC shoot happens. Okay. All right, we'll buddy. Try. Have a good All night, right. Jim. All right. Later, Bye. pal. All right, guys. That was Jim Padilla, my longtime buddy, former outlaw partner. Um, all around good guy. He shoots a Hoyt in spite of all that. Uh, he's still a good guy. And, um, yeah, uh, he, what I like about Jim, 
he's got no problem calling me on my bullshit. So sometimes that's good. I don't want to be someone that's just going to talk unchecked to you guys. And he actually brought up a good point. One of the things that, you know, I, I kind of start to slack on doing these podcasts is because I'm not actively competing at the moment. You know, it's hunting season. But when I am actively competing is when I have more juicy stuff to talk about. And, um, you know, as we said on in the episode, I'm also building my indoor bow right now. So I will start filling you guys in on that. As well as, you know, I got a couple of other episodes I got lined up. We're going to go over practice stuff with Mark, if I can get him on. Um, and I'd like to do one more fun podcast with some friends and then start talking hunting a little bit. And then I'll mix in indoor stuff for you guys, all right? So thank you for listening. I appreciate it, guys. My Archery Unfiltered uh, following. You guys are awesome. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm trying to be funny. Probably did a lot of stuttering instead. But anyway, enjoy, guys, and uh, I'll hit you up in two more weeks, all right? Peace.